0: Uh, no. Oh, is it a pre- preacher Preacher pre- Preach it, brother Okay, uh, if anybody remembers uh, Pastor Joey Anybody remember anything about Pastor Joey? Marathon Marathon, that's right it's The marathon guy is back <laughs> And today he's back with his lovely new wife Yeah, okay So we'll let him tell us more about that And uh, share the word of God So let's give him a warm welcome Hi everyone, I'm the marathon guy. Can I have the first slide? I actually thought I could give you a photo of my marathon guys. Okay, um, yeah, so I, I did a marathon the last time. Um, I think that was about a year ago, or at least I was here about a year ago. Uh, does anybody remember me? Yes, okay. Um, back then I was single. Now I am married. I, I don't have a child yet. Uh, I, I, I don't mind having a child. It'd be wonderful to have a child, uh, but not so soon, okay? Let me introduce my wife. Uh, she's uh, Hui Yi. Hui Yi, you stand? Yeah. She's beautiful, uh, and she's married to me. So I don't have a new wife, I only have one wife, okay? It's not new, it's just one, okay? Just one wife. Uh, I want to just uh, maybe catch up with you all before I start preaching. Um, okay, many things have happened this year. Uh, I got married this year. Uh, married life is, is great, I think... Um, um, who else is married here? Really? Only Joanne and maybe some adults at the back. That's all? Okay, how many of you want to be married here? You want to be married here? Okay, how many of you want to marry someone else in this room? Okay, the basis, right? Well, who you want to marry? Huh? It's okay, you say it already. You say it already, right? You'll be done, one. You'll be done. We just say amen, and it will be done. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, I shall not embarrass. What's your name? Jonathan, you have a very good heart for worship. It's amazing. Now, you see, yeah, he does. He does have a good heart for worship. You look at him, you want to worship, right? You're, oh, he's going for it, you know, and, and, and it's, it inspires you to worship God, you know. Um, you see, the, the, the thing about weddings, right, is that I've, I've been to many, many different weddings. You know, I am uh, turning 30 next year. Uh, and I have been to a thousand, oh, not a thousand, but really a lot of weddings, okay? And I've, I've not just gone for weddings, but I've also been a part of weddings in a very significant way. So I've had privileges to be like um, the wedding singer, you know, hey, Joe, could you sing an item for us? Yeah, okay, sure, no problem. I've also been worship leader, been MC, be groomsman. How many of you have been involved in weddings? Okay, uh, and I've also been best man, okay? I've been best man three times, okay? And uh, so I was really glad that it is my turn to get married. I want to show you a couple of pictures of uh, my wedding. Is, is it okay? Can I show you a couple of pictures? Oh, beautiful, huh? <laughs> hey, that guy's me! <laughs> and that girl is, uh, yeah, it's Huiyi. Uh, it's She's it's, it's beautiful, okay? I'll show you a couple of more pictures. Yeah, This is at my wedding day. Um, when we were marching out, I was really happy to be married to my new wife, okay? So, that was what happened. This is at my church chapel. We're going to get... Uh, torn down this year and next year we're gonna do something different with our church okay um show you the next picture yeah this is like uh, this is my group of people that i mentor so they happen to be in my cell group do you know any of them there yeah you do who Oh, and- oh, you know Andrea? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, she's my sec one. She's in charge of all my sec ones, okay? So, all these people there are born in like uh, 1990 to 1992, okay? We decided not to have, uh, you know, old people become our groomsmen and bridesmaids. We wanted young people. I'm a youth pastor, so we wanted young people there. So, it was really cool because of all the photos there, you can only see one that's a lovebird, right? at The extreme end. You can see the extreme left. They don't want to be near each other at all. One is like serdia position, you know? It's kind it's of amazing. <laughs> Okay, uh do I have an another picture? Oh yeah, okay, we were doing gangnam style, okay. Hey, do y'all know what gangnam style is? Do y'all preach about it? Is it allowed here? It's not, not allowed here. Okay, let me tell you what Gangnam Style is, okay? I had no idea what Gangnam Style is until after this photo shoot, okay? Uh, so one of my, my, my youth leaders actually said, hey, pastor, why don't we just do this together? So I, okay, let's, let's do this together, you know? So only after we did this, then we realized, oh, what Gangnam Style is. If you don't know what Gangnam Style is, Opa Opa is like an older brother in Korean. Oppa okay, is like an older brother in Korean And Gangnam is a place in Korea where like, it's Beverly Hills, Hollywood kind of thing So it's actually a song that mocks the rich That mocks the lifestyle of the ostentatious So that's what Oppa Gangnam Style is okay? There's nothing, um, well, it, it's very controversial, of course uh, But in and of itself, it's just a song, honestly speaking And uh, it's just effects and notes and chords put together For me, I don't think it means anything Except that it's mocking the rich and the ostentatious, okay? Now next Oh yeah, this is the final one Um, This is the one I want to show you finally I want to talk to you about weddings because um, Two and a half years ago, I was involved in a wedding as a wedding singer And it was at this particular wedding that I saw how ugly things got I saw how ugly things got I mean, I think it would be pretty bad to really have a messed up wedding, correct? How many of you want to have a messed up wedding? No, nobody, right? Like You don't want your sound system to mess up on you. You don't want like your people not to turn up. You don't want people to quarrel. You don't want some things to go wrong, correct? You want everything to be perfect on your wedding. So, uh, I, 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 I actually um, saw the whole series of wedding photos that my friend took. It was beautiful. If you thought mine was nice, it was because this was inspired by his photo shoot. So, it was a fantastic photo shoot. Everything was brilliant. But he never got to receive his photos, he never, ever got to receive his photos. He, he, he paid up for it. Everything was great. All the photos looked great. Some printed it out. But he never got to receive his photos. Uh, he wanted to do uh, this surprise item, I Couldn't Ask For More. You all know that song? And I Couldn't Ask For More. You know that song? No? It's, it was, I thought it was quite recent now. Huh? No? Okay, maybe I'm a bit old already, okay? He wanted to do that item for his bride as a surprise item. But on the day itself, because the sound system didn't work, he did it acoustic version. It was very sad because it used to be a, it's a very big, grand song. All he had was one acoustic guitar that was working on that day. You know how sad that is? And he tried to sing it grand, but it didn't pull off very well. He put money in and he invested in a live band, like, you know, a live band like this. But because he didn't pay enough money, the uh, sound system didn't work properly, so the live band could only be heard from the stage. So the rest of the other people couldn't hear the music at all. It was, it was very sad. Is it, does it sound sad? It sounds pretty sad, yeah, okay? And then, and then what happened was that there was this person who actually coordinated his photo shoot, his sound equipment, his everything, okay? He was like the coordinator, the sponsor of certain, certain things. But because this person didn't want to pay extra money for him, this person didn't want to go the extra mile for him, a lot of things messed up because of this person. And because of that, I mean, they were like school buddies. They grew up in poly together, and then after that, they started a company together, and now they are doing a wedding, his wedding together. But because of this, the whole friendship turned sour. The whole friendship just turned sour. They started to criticize each other on Facebook. They started to backstab each other in front of their friends. They they started to make things awkward for those who knew each other. Same social circle, they had divided loyalties because of this tension that they faced. And eventually, what happened uh, was that this person left church. The person who got married, he left church. All right, he, he, he couldn't be in the same church as the other guy, and so they decided to leave church. And ever since then, they have never, ever talked to each other. From friends, they became foes. Up to today, two and a half years later, they are still not talking. I don't know about you, but I, I think that's really sad. Do you all feel sad? I think it's really sad. That a um, wedding got messed up, a friendship got soured, and everything just went haywire from there. All it takes is for one of them to humble themselves. Really, all it takes is for one of them to just humble themselves, to go to each other, and to make peace. It doesn't matter who is wrong or who is right. Because two and a half years later, it really doesn't matter anymore. At the end of the day, if they don't reconcile, the devil wins. Two Christians. If they don't reconcile, the devil wins. I don't know about you here. I don't know whether you have like, backlog from a long, long time ago. You see something with someone, you know, like what? Jessica, Jessica, right? Just Jessica Jessica said, you know, if somebody said something nasty to you last time, or, or if somebody compares you with another person outside there, and you're starting to think, oh, can I forgive that person? Maybe your parents said something wrong to you, or maybe your, your, your brother said something offensive to you, and you're thinking, oh, I'm still holding on to it. Two and a half years later, three years later, four years later, you're still holding on to it. I'm not sure whether that is you or not. But I know there's one winner. If this continues, the devil wins. The devil really wins. The result of bitterness. Today I'm going to talk about um, Matthew chapter 18. Okay, I'm going to flip to the Bible later. We're going to do some reading together. What time do I have until? Six. Wow, six thirty. Really? Oh, that's awesome. Okay. You know, um, it's it's really interesting because I I actually selected this um, passage to preach from and I had no idea that you guys were on this series together. So when Joanne told me that, oh, can you preach from Matthew chapter 18? Then I said, oh, sure. I plan to preach from Matthew chapter 18 anyway. So I believe that this is a word in season for you. We're going to deal with forgiveness. We're going to deal with a love that forgives. We're going to deal with how Jesus taught us about forgiveness. Before we do that, we need to understand that there are some effects of bitterness. There are some effects of uh, unforgiveness in a person's life. For example... Physically, it affects you. It doubles your heart rate. If you have bitterness in your heart, it is likely that you will develop heart problems. Okay, once mental becomes physical, you will get higher blood pressure. You will have a decreased ability to fight diseases. You will sweat more. There's a higher likelihood of nervous breakdown. Serious, okay. This is uh, research proven. You will panic more. You will lose control of situations. You will have a negative outlook towards life. You will be emotionally imbalanced. You get angry and sad all at the same time, okay? And you will also suffer eventually from depression and mental illnesses. The Bible addresses this issue of unforgiveness, and today we're going to look at it in detail, all right? The sermon title will make no sense to you, but maybe for people my generation, it's, uh, maybe you, remind, you will remember Captain Planet. Does anybody know Captain Planet? Okay, so the title of my sermon is The Power is Yours, okay? The power is yours. Let's pray before we begin. Lord, we want to thank you for this time. We want to thank you, Lord, always for the privilege to hear your word. Father, I pray, O God, that as I share, may you hide me behind your cross. May you help me to speak with simplicity, with clarity, O God. And Holy Spirit, I pray that whatever that is spoken today, it will fall deep, deep into our hearts, O God, so that we can learn what it means to forgive from our heart. We don't want just a superficial forgiveness, but Father, we want a deep deep forgiveness for the people who have offended us. So Lord, we pray, God, that your Holy Spirit will really move amongst us today, even as we uh, go into a time of prayer later. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will be so true and so convicting to us, Lord. Be gentle with us, Lord. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I need one, two, three, four, five volunteers. Five volunteers. I need uh, maybe two guys, two girls. Okay, three guys and two girls. Do you all have like... Drama mamas or drama papas? Okay, I need three boys and two girls. Can we have volunteers? Can y'all shout volunteers out? Yeah. Kathleen, okay, Kathleen. Can, <laughs> Kathleen, Kathleen. Is that a girl in pink? Yeah. Yes, okay, Kathleen. Please step forward. Can you give Kathleen a round of applause? Yes. Okay, once the round of applause is out, you have to come up already, okay? Is she the one that you want to marry? No, okay. Can you come up as well, Jonathan? Come. okay. Okay, anyone else? Hey, come, come. I really want. Caleb. I heard Caleb. Who's Caleb? Who's Caleb? I don't know. I heard Caleb. Okay. He's not here. Okay, can we have... uh, Come on. Two more guys. One more girl. Jacinth. Jacinth. Who's Jacinth? Jessalyn. Jessalyn. Okay, come. Come, okay. And uh, two more guys. Hey, don't be so shy. ah. It's okay. Come, 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 come. Come, 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 okay. Who was his name? Tian, Tian Yi. Tian. E. Oh, not this one. Tian, Tian Yi. E. Oh, the worship leader, okay, come. What do you call him? Tian Yi, e, Tian Yi, e. okay, come. Chihuahua. Is it Chihuahua? Oh, he's Chihuahua, right. I'm oh, sorry, okay. Okay, this is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna point to you all different characters in the Bible. Okay? Quite simple, right? It's, yeah, he's acting, yeah. No lah. Why read when you can act, right? Okay, so Tianyi, you'll be the master. Okay, you'll be the protagonist, okay? We need two servants, okay? So we have Chihuahua as a servant, yes? You are servant A. Servant A and you servant B, Jonathan. Okay? Okay, so... No, they are not the wives, don't worry. You want to be the wives? It's not a problem, okay? It's not mentioned. Oh yo, they, okay. One, you are married with children. That's for sure. Okay, that's why it's mentioned in the Bible. Okay, but for two of you, one of you will be a jailer. That means the person who tortures people. <laughs> you okay? You're gonna be okay. You you can be a jailer, and then you can be the okay. We we call I will call them the paotokian. You know what's a paotokian? No, no, the one with the turban. <laughs> no. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, okay, the person who gives people away, okay, or like, you, you tell on someone, okay, so you are like the, the person that, okay, Can. I, okay, so we are going to then split up this group into a, different, a few portions, okay, now, we have uh, maybe, okay, the group here, okay, all you need to do is to do, ho, 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 <laughs> can, can you repeat after me, ho, 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 hey, be more convincing, come. Come on, one, two, three. Okay, then this group, okay, maybe up to the third row. Okay, you guys will do wow. Simple, right? Okay, one, two, three. Whoa. Ah, very good. Okay, and then the, the group at the back, there, Okay, y'all will do uh y'all will do boo. Boo. Okay, and then the last group here, everyone else here, you will do oh. Okay, oh. Okay, okay, so we'll do that. Okay, we'll read the story together. And then, whenever I reach a full stop, you will insert the emoticon that best fits the story. Is that okay? So you all will determine it. Okay, let's, so let's see how we play out this story. Okay, so I'm reading from uh, chapter 18, verse 21, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Okay, so whenever I mention the different characters, y'all just play it out. You are you are you are appearing at the end. Don't worry. You appear at the end, you appear at the end, and then you appear first, followed by you, then followed by you, okay? Can, I? Okay. Okay, Peter and Jesus don't have character yet now, okay? So, I'm reading from verse 21. You can follow up there, and then you can follow with me, okay? Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? (laughs) What? What reaction was that? <laughs> Up to seven times? Oh. <laughs> Jesus answered, "I tell you not seven times but 77 times." Oh. Ah, wow, correct. Okay, that's the reaction you want to get. Wow, 77 times again. Okay? okay, therefore the story begins. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. No, it's them. Ho, ho, ho. You can see the story coming out, right? Okay. The kingdom of God is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Hey, you're somewhat mysterious, Ken, though. No? You're too happy already. Come on. Yeah, okay, okay. That, that'll work, okay? As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Haha, ha. Then you got it, okay. Next one. Uh, since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife, the master ordered him. No. Oh. <laughs> the master ordered him and his wife and, and can you imaginary. Lah. He, and his ordered he, he and his wife and his wife, all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Order him. Why? <laughs> hey, relax. <Get> <laughs> Why you knock it down and he, you want to worship him like that? I, I don't understand that. What a very submissive culture here. Very nice. Okay. Okay, so the reaction should be what? Wait. No, 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 no. He is about to ask him to sell everything he has. Do you think that's cruel? No, no. it's boo. Ayo. Oh, we have a problem here with reactions, okay? Now, okay. The servant fell on his knees before him. Yeah, he's correct. Yeah, but too soon. Ah, too soon, okay? Wait, no, no, not yet, not yet. How he down? He's kneeling down already. Yeah. Okay. He, hey. hey, I want master, not PTI, okay? Relax, can I not? Take it easy, okay? Okay, so the servant fell on his knees before him. Ah, that's the reaction. Again. Oh, it's like a very sweet scene, right? now. Yeah? Okay. Be patient with me. You got to tell him. Be patient with me. Not very convincing. Eh? Be patient with me. He begged and I will pay back everything. Aww, yeah, yeah, okay. The servant's master took pity on him. Can say on him a bit or not? Don't, same reaction all the time. Yeah, take pity on, yeah, yeah, take pity on him. Okay. <laughs> Cancel the debt and let him go. Okay, that can be, wow, you know how much money is 10,000 talents? Okay, I will tell you how much money it is later, okay? So you are set free, you go. Okay, so master, you relax first. Huh? Okay, so servant goes, uh, where are we now? Okay, but when, when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii. Act it out, huh? how do you act it out? You found him and he owes you 100 denarii. Very good, very good, okay. Okay, he grabbed him and began to choke him. A a more realistic, come. Harder, harder. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, very good. Okay, pay back what you owe me. He demanded. Okay. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him please be patient with me and I will pay you back. <laughs> then the reaction is what? Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. And, uh... But he refused. No. no. Oh, ho, ho, ho yeah, yeah. Okay. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could repay the debt. Ah, uh, okay. Throw him to the jailer. Okay. Okay. Uh, Verse 31. I'm at verse 31. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. Hey, we have the pauto, Come. The one with the turban one. Come, come. uh, Yeah. Okay. Okay. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. Uh, (laughs) And went and told their master everything that had happened. The, then the master called the servant in. Yeah, ho, ho, ho. Uh, already, huh? You wicked servant, he said. Hey, you say. Huh? Yeah, okay. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Yeah, just repeat the whole thing. Yeah? Okay. Because... in anger his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed (laughs) you're also in jail okay hey you you got problem with the army thing right Okay, let's thank them. Let's thank them. Very good, okay? Awesome. Actually, you like, act very shy, but come out here, not very shy one. Ah. Act, act shy only. Eh? Then Jesus summarized, this is how my Heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. So he told this entire story, and it's quite a dramatic story, right? Very dramatic story. And he said, this is how it will be like unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Now, there are a few relationships that we want to look at in this whole story here. Alright, it's a parable. Um, what happened was that Servant A, who is Servant A? Where was Servant A? Okay, what's her real name? Ben. Okay, Ben owed the master how much? 10,000 10, talents, alright. In some translations, you will actually see 10,000 bags of gold A bag of gold is worth a lot of money In today's context, it will be approximately Five, okay, there are nine zeros So how many billion or trillion is that? There are nine zeros Five, five billion Five, zero, zero, zero Five zero zero, zero 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 zero. Five billion. So that bag of gold, okay All those bags of golds are worth 10,000 talents And that's five billion dollars is it possible to repay this debt? Is it possible? Is it possible? Okay, going by that, going by that uh, scenario last time, okay? Do you think it's possible to pay back $5 billion? I don't think it's possible to pay back $5 billion. But you look at his response. Can you see the first bold word? I will pay back everything. That's what the servant said to the master. I will pay back everything. Now, do you think the servant was serious about it? Seriously, you owe someone $5 billion and you try to be so showy about it, you know? Yeah, don't worry, don't worry. I beg you. Please forgive me. I'm going to pay you back everything. I think this servant was taking the master for a ride. I think he wasn't serious at all. He just... But he... Yeah, he'll try his best, but it is impossible for him to pay back everything. Impossible. So I think that even though he wanted to do it, but he could never actually do it. And he knew that he could never actually do it. So he say something for the sake of. Now, you see this, um, this, this uh, servant, okay? Ben asked TNE, tian, tian is it? Tien yi. Ben asked TNE for patience. He didn't ask Tianyi for forgiveness because this $5 billion debt is, is, is a debt that you cannot pay back. But he asked him for patience. But what happened is that the master actually went, went one step further. Instead of just being patient with him, he also forgave the servant. Did the servant ask for forgiveness? No. But the master, because he is benevolent, he actually offered forgiveness. I will forgive you. And he pitied the servant, he released him, and he cancelled the debt. Now, if you had a $5 billion debt owed to you, do you think you will understand what you could do with $5 billion? What will you do with $5 billion? Buy a country, okay? With $1 million, you could buy an island already. $5 billion. why not? You could buy a country. What else will you do with $5 billion? Yeah, any Liverpool ones? Ayuh, <laughs> putting. <laughs> putting, ayo, Liverpool, uh, sorry. Uh. Knock it down, uh. Okay. Now, you see, when, when, when the master wanted to cancel this debt, I think he knew what he was about to lose. He was about to lose $5 billion. And it was a debt that this servant A could never repay. But he still decided to cancel the debt. He canceled the debt and he let the person go. So now, Ben no longer owes five $5 billion. He goes away zero. He's debt-free. Debt-free. Everything is torn away. everything's absorbed. He walks away debt-free. And then, when he, as soon as he walks out of the master's house, he has another encounter with Jonathan, which is Servant B. Okay, and Servant B owes a few hundred denarii. In some, uh, in some uh, versions, you will see that it's a uh, hundred silver coins. A hundred silver coins, in today's context, will probably be worth about $5,000. Okay, so what's the first amount? Five billion. Okay, it's five million million, now, correct? $5 billion, And the other one is $5,000. You see, what was the reaction of the second one? I will pay you back. He didn't, he, 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 he didn't try to boast about it. I'll pay back everything. He could. Do you think you can pay back $5,000? It is possible. And this servant B actually said, I will pay you back. I think servant B was sincere about it. He was sincere about paying him back. He also asked for patience. Ironically speaking, When Jonathan asked Ben for patience, Ben was shown patience by TNE, but Ben didn't offer patience to uh, Jonathan. He was not willing to be patient. Instead, he grabbed him. That's what the Bible said, right? He grabbed him, he choked him, and he demanded payment and sent him to jail. When this happens, right, I don't think that Ben actually asked uh, Jonathan, do you have the本事? Do you have the ability to pay me back? He didn't care. I don't think he cared about the $5,000. You will not see in scripture that he wanted the money back. Straight away, he just wanted to grab him, choke him, throw him in jail. Can you see the heart of servant A? Can you see the heart of Ben? Oh, I think Ben is a good guy, okay? Actually, I don't know, right? Is he a good guy? Is he, he's a good guy, okay? But you see, for Ben, the fictitious Ben, okay? The fictitious Ben actually had a very terrible heart. He had been forgiven of $5 billion and someone who actually is sincere about paying him back, he doesn't even give him a chance. Everything just went instantly jail. Jail. Shia sent him to jail. He hurt the person and he sent him to jail. The irony, okay, And, and I think that Servant A is not very smart, okay, because if he actually thrown him in jail, how will he earn the money to pay him back? Right? So, I really believe that Servant A has no intention to get the money back. He just wants to make life Miserable for servant B. Are you following me so far? Yeah. Can you see that there are several twists in this story already, and it's very interesting how it can all relate to us. Now let's look at the master's reaction. All right. Let's look at Tian Yi's knock it down reaction. All right. Now, does servant B deserve his punishment? Does Jonathan deserve his punishment? Do you think he deserves his punishment? Do you think $5,000, do you think he deserves his punishment? No, not really, right? I mean, it's quite... No, I, I think for $5,000, it's quite, it's quite sad to be thrown in jail for the rest of your life. Huh? But the original uh, servant who got thrown to be tortured, did he deserve his punishment? How many of you think that he deserved his punishment? Okay, I think he deserved his punishment. Huh? I think most of us here would agree. He was sent to be jailed to be tortured forever. Now, a lot of us, or some of us here might read this parable and go like, oh, is the master representing God? You mean God is like that? You mean God is like, if I cannot, if you, if if God sees you doing something to someone else, God will throw you in jail and allow you to be tortured forever? Is God really like that? No, God is not like that. Now, I I will clear up this confusion later, right, But, one of the things that you must realize is that this parable is about the kingdom of heaven. It's a kingdom of heaven message. So this entire thing, okay, and he started to settle accounts. So the kingdom of heaven is like a master who wanted to settle his accounts with the servants. So this idea is not like, okay, the the, the second person is Jesus and the first person is a sinner and then the master is God. No. The whole thing talks about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like that. You see, It is not a representation of God. It is not the king. How can, in verse 22, how can Jesus tell us to forgive someone 77 times, seven times, and then suddenly He shows no mercy and kicks someone in jail? Doesn't make sense, correct? So that is really not describing God, but describing what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like if we do not forgive someone who has forgiven us. Is jail a representation of hell? No, I don't think so. I don't think God is happy to send someone to jail. I don't think God is happy to send someone to hell. That's not in the character of God. That's not what my Heavenly Father is like. I believe that this is not an external condemnation, but it is an internal conflict. If you refuse to forgive someone from your heart, what will happen to you is that you will get this internal conflict for a long time. And that is the jail that I believe this parable is talking about. You know, the two friends that I had, for two and a half years, even up to today, I saw them at my wedding. I mean, I I know them. I know them. And they're saying terrible things to each other on Facebook back then, uh, you know. What happens? What happens is that two of them have an internal jail inside here and they're struggling with it. Why? Because they don't want to forgive somebody from their heart. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. We have to see this parable not in isolation but in totality. If you look at the first part of uh, Matthew chapter 18, you will see Jesus said, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. When we think about the reaction that we have towards servant A or servant B, we feel certain things. Number one, when Jonathan is being mistreated by Ben, we feel like, oh man… He very poor thing, uh. you know, like, oh, very Korean, you know. How can he do such a minute, small thing, and yeah, he get punished like that. And then when finally the master threw the other, uh, threw Ben into jail, we actually saw that, yeah, justice is done, right? Like, yeah, finally, some justice is metered out. Why do we rejoice when the new punishment is given to servant A? Is it possible that our response to ser- to to, to that, that our response to servant A is a telltale sign also of our unforgiving spirit. Now, if Jesus was here, if Jesus was here and he saw what the master did to the seconds or to the first servant, throwing him in jail, I don't think Jesus will go like, "Yeah, justice is done." No, I don't think Jesus would think like that. I think Jesus would really have compassion on Ben, like man. He really messed it up, man. You know, master forgive him, ayah, he still go and not forgive uh, Jonathan. I think I want to have pity on him. But what happened is that for us, we are acclimatised into this world. Worldliness has seeped into our hearts. And because of that, when we watch movies, uh, and the bad guy loses, we feel like, yeah, justice is done, you know? When a good guy wins, yeah, justice is done. And that's what happens if we really were to look at what the heart of Christ is like, I don't think it's like that. I really don't think it's like that. So that's why I think it's important for us to examine our hearts. That's why, that's why Jesus said, if a, if, a, if a person doesn't forgive his brother from his heart, because our heart, nobody can see. Only God can see. You know, it's very easy. If, if my wife offends me, I can just go up to her, you know, dear, I forgive you and she sees it in my eyes, I'm super convincing, I forgive you. But in my heart, I'm like, wait till the next time, I will show you what I can do. Sometimes we are like that. We are masters of superficial forgiveness. Right? We are are, are, are like that. Church has taught us to forgive. Go up to someone who has pissed you off, offended you, I forgive you. It's very easy. Words only, what? But Jesus is taking a deeper standard From your heart. You see, the thing about Jesus, between him and Moses, right, was that Moses, when he first came on, he said, you know, if you kill somebody, you are violating the commandments. If you sleep around, you are violating the commandments. Jesus came, he raised the standard. If you hate somebody, you don't even need to touch him, you have already committed murder in your heart. If you look at a woman lustfully, you don't even need to sleep with her, you have already committed adultery in your heart. And I think Jesus is very serious about us forgiving from our hearts. Because if we don't forgive from our hearts, what happens is that we will keep having backflow, backflow, backflow. And I'll explain all these things later. Now, if we have bitterness in our heart, what does the Bible say about us having this bitterness in our heart? Let's look at our Proverbs chapter 17, verse 32. I think I put it on the slides. Okay, next. It dries up the bones. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Now, let me ask you this question. Are bones dry or wet? Are bones dry or wet? Dry. Bones are dry. Have you seen a skeleton? It's not dripping with water, right? It's dry. So, what is this dries up the bones? You mean what? I can continue to make bakute? No, it's not. I think this dries up the bones. It's talking about the marrow in the bones. Y'all know what bone marrow is? Y'all know what's the function of bone marrow? It protects the bone. Bone marrow protects the bone. What is inside is protecting. What is outside? You have superior bone marrow. Awesome. Now, bone marrow produces red blood cells. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if we have bitterness in our hearts, I think metaphorically, our bone marrow disappears. We no longer produce red blood cells. And what happens after that? What does red blood cell represent? Okay, and when you have oxygen in the rest of your body, what do you have? You have life. You have life. Okay, yes, thank you very much. You're very enthusiastic. Teacher's pet. yeah, okay. Now, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, if you have bitterness hidden inside your heart, what happens? The spiritual bone marrow dries up. You stop producing spiritual red blood cells. And because of that, your life dries up. You no longer have life. Have you seen bitter people? They, are, they look really miserable. They look really miserable. I'm, I, I won't be surprised that people who are harboring bitterness in their hearts or have unforgiveness in their hearts, they will have outbreak or or they will look very angry or they will look very haggard. Why? Because it's drying up their bones. It's drying up their bones. If we have bitterness in our hearts, we will fall short of grace. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, it says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many it's very interesting that the writer of Hebrews describes it this way. Now, a root of bitterness signifies a poisonous plant. Alright, so what happens is that last time, the way Hebrews would describe plants is that if a plant is poisonous, they said, oh, it is bitter. It has bitter. So, the word for poison is bitter. So, oh, it has bitter. So, if a a plant is very poisonous, it has a lot of bitter. You, You follow me so far? So, if a plant, if a person has a lot of bitterness, they will produce a lot of poison, just like plants. If plants have a lot of essence of bitterness, the actual plant will be very poisonous. The more bitter you have, the more poisonous a person you become. I've seen many people, I've seen many people who have so much going for them in their life. They have everything, they have the whole package. They are born into a wealthy family, they have like Great looks, they are Manchester United fans, you know and, and and they just have everything, but something in their life is not quite right because they are still bitter about something. You know once I, I, I dealt with a counseling case, and this this is a very rich family, very rich family where the the mom is rich, highly qualified, the kid is in a good school, very good j c and there are three boys in the family. So no girls, all three boys. And they're all from a well-to-do family. The, the father used to be, a, I think, a lieutenant colonel in the army. And he has come out. Now he hits like an engineering company. So they have it all good for them. What happens is that the parents decided to get a divorce. And it was a very, very messy situation. So messy that a few times at night, at 11-something, I'll get a call. Hey, Joe, I need you to meet me now. Can you meet me now? And I remember a couple of times when I met him, he was just crying. Crying because the mom, who is a very decent lady before the divorce, what happens is that the mom has become schizophrenia schizophrenic. Schizophrenic. She has split personalities. So what happens is that in the morning she's one person, in the afternoon, she's one person, in the night, she's one person. The whole time, the whole family is in disarray because the mom cannot forgive the husband. Because of that, she is developing bitterness in her heart. And I tell you, each time the mom calls me, I see her number. I always go like, oh man, it's gonna be another one hour conversation. She'll just say, Pastor, can I talk to you for five minutes? Don't believe. It's one hour. But you know, my heart is like, man, I can feel what you're going through. You know, it's it's really terrible. She's talking and she's crying and then suddenly she's smiling, or you can feel her like smiling on the phone now, you know, like, oh yeah, everything is okay, you know. But my husband left it. So it's it's very extreme. I cannot imagine just me talking to her for half an hour. Imagine what the children go through. It's very terrible. Like, she will come to church, she'll come to church and she will actually, like, pluck her son halfway through service because she's afraid that the husband will come and steal the son away. When you have bitterness in your heart, it evolves into something mental, something very detrimental. And your quality of life is affected. They have everything going for them. They stay in a very nice place in Holland Village. You know, nice condo, they have apartments all over Singapore, very rich, they have nice cars and all that, but something's not quite right because of bitterness. Perhaps their bones are dried up. I don't know about you, perhaps your bone is dried up. Perhaps your bitter root is causing you to be poisonous. I've titled this sermon, The Power is Yours, because I believe Jesus is saying one thing to us today through this parable, that the power is really yours, whether you want to forgive or whether you want to remain unforgiven. That means you can choose whether you want to forgive and you can choose whether you don't want to forgive. You see, it would be quite scary if um, the healing right, is determined by other people forgiving us. Say, say uh, what, what's your name? Timothy, okay. If, um, maybe two weeks ago, I stabbed your brother. Okay, do you have a brother? Okay, yeah, I stabbed him and then It's a homicide case, you know, and it was really terrible, okay? Can you imagine if my, the happiness for the rest of my life, right, is determined by Him forgiving me? If He doesn't forgive me, I will be miserable for the rest of my life. Correct? But it's not like that. Forgiveness is if He doesn't want to forgive me, He will be miserable for the rest of His life. Okay? If He chooses to forgive me, He will be set free. Now, what happens is that, you know, the the mum case I was talking about, schizophrenia, do you know that the dad is not affected by what's going on with the mum at all? The dad lives a very normal life. The dad lives a very, very normal life. Both of them are at fault for this divorce. But the dad has chosen to forgive. And the mum has not chosen to forgive. Now, you have the power. The power doesn't lie in someone else's hand. It lies in you. It lies in you. So you have the choice today to forgive someone who has hurt you in the past. To forgive someone who has hurt you last week. You have the power today to choose to forgive. The master had the power to choose to forgive Ben. But Ben did not exercise the same power that the master had when he wanted to forgive Jonathan. You have the power. And your decision determines your quality of life. How many of you want to have a bitter root in your life? No. How many of you want to have dried bones in your life? No. There is no life in that. So according to this parable, I drew out three steps that we can take in order for us to experience forgiveness. Are you ready for this? Okay, how can we actually apply this? Number one, we have to fully understand the debt. We have to fully understand the debt. For the master to forgive Ben, For T N E to forgive Ben, he has to first understand what he could do with $5 billion. If he does not understand what he could do with $5 billion, then he doesn't know what he's forgiving. You following me so far? He must understand what he could have done with it. So for example, if one of you here, your, your mom or your dad has said something really nasty to you from the past, you first need to understand what your parent has owed you. Maybe they have robbed you of a particular esteem. Maybe they have robbed you of a particular joy. You know, maybe some of you here used to be in relationships. Uh, I'm not going to make you raise your hands, of course. Maybe you used to be in a relationship, and maybe because of this relationship, you had a very terrible poly life, or you had a very terrible tertiary education because of what the boy did to you or what the girl did to you. And so if you want to forgive that person, you must first understand what that person owes you. So maybe something that you will say is like, man, if I wasn't together with this person, my poly life or my JC life would have been fantastic. But because I was with this person, therefore, I couldn't be like that. So if you want to understand forgiveness, you must first understand what is owed to you. You must first understand what is owed to you. You know, when I needed to deal with this, I had a laundry list of the things that my dad owed me. I had a laundry list of the things that my, I wish my dad could have done. I wish I had a... I, 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 I come from a single-parent family, so having an absent father was really terrible. My esteem was affected. I didn't know who called me a man, you know. It was was very tough. Nobody recognized the man in me. And it was tough growing up. And I remember when I dealt with this issue of forgiveness, I was 15 years old, I was at the altar, and I was crying and crying and crying, and everybody around me thought I was demon-possessed because there was so much angst in me. And at that point in time, I just wanted to understand everything that my dad could have done for me. I'm not sure what people have done to you. I'm not sure where you are today. I'm not sure how offended you are. But today, if you want to go into that area of forgiveness, and I believe most of us here do, you must first understand what is owed to you. You must first understand the debt. When you understand the debt, then you can cancel the debt. Now you see, Ben, could never ever repay uh Yi, that $5 billion. And Tian Yi has to be comfortable with that. He has to be comfortable with that. And you have to know that, I have to know, okay, that my dad can never repay me. My mom could never repay me. The people that have hurt me, could never repay me. They could never rewind back life and undo the things they have done. I mean, seriously, I don't think my mom and dad can rewind 20 years, two two decades ago, you know, don't sign the divorce papers and just remain together for the rest of their lives. No, they cannot repay me. And so because they cannot repay me, my decision is then, fine, I'll cancel it. As simple as that, I'll cancel it. Maybe some of you here, you know, you have made mistakes in physical intimacy. Maybe a guy or a girl doesn't know his boundaries. What happened? Can the guy or, or girl return you your virginity? No. Can the guy or girl return you the purity that you have? No. So what can you do? Cancel it. You understand it first, and then you cancel it. Can you ever take back what your dad said about you? you good for nothing. You will never be anything worthy when you grow up. What a lousy answer! What kind of school is that? What kind of rubbish grades did you get? Can your dad rewind back? <laughs> you, you can't, right? You can't. So what do you do? You cancel it. You cancel it. You understand it, then you cancel it. And the third one. And when you cancel it, you're showing mercy. You're showing somebody something that he does not. Or you are you're pardoning someone of something that he deserves. That's mercy. And the final step is when you do reconciliation. That's when you show grace. Now, you know that um, for for Jesus, right, okay, or or for God, the relationship between God and us, is. uh, let me help you to see this, okay. When God created uh, Adam and Eve, and then Adam and Eve made mistakes and they fell, and because of that, we have no access to God initially until we came to know Jesus, right? Do you know that God could simply just cancel the debt? Just cancel the debt and forgive you. But what did God do? God sent us Jesus Christ. That is the grace of God. And because of Jesus Christ, we can actually get to spend eternity with God. Mercy is when God takes us away from hell. And then we become like floating I don't know where, right? If that that was the end of Christianity, then that's that's it for us. We'll just be redeemed from hell, but that's all. But the grace of God sent Jesus Christ. Therefore, instead of just escaping hell, we get to be with God for eternity. That's grace. That's reconciliation. So, for me, it's very simple for me to just, oh, I can understand what my dad has done for me. Yeah, I can cancel the debt. But that's just me. But where's reconciliation? Reconciliation is when I go to my father and I say, Papa, I forgive you. I forgive you for what you have done to me. Now, you know, it's very easy for me to preach this and not do it, right? What happened was, um, before I got married, I actually didn't intend to share this story, but I think it's a, it's a good thing to share with you. Before I got married, um, one of the things that was on my mind was, who do I invite to the wedding? Uh, because I don't live with my dad, he has a family of his own, we don't keep in touch, the only time he comes to me is to ask me for money. All right? So it's very hard for me to engage with my dad. It's very hard for me to relate to him, because he doesn't relate to me. He just uses me. So I remember there was this one particular quiet time. I was doing my quiet time and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you've got to contact your dad. You've got to contact your dad. And I go like, really? Seriously? I thought we settled this already, you know? I screamed and raged when I was 15 years old and it's all settled, right? Like, hello, I'm done. You know, I'm okay. But the Holy Spirit told me, impressed my heart, no, go and do it, contact him. Just can send him a text. That's it. That's all you need to do. Okay, so... I plucked up all the courage that I had to message a father who offended me. And I sent him a text. Hi, Papa. I would love to meet you up for coffee. Are you free? Simple as that. And I remember I was at Red Hill and I was crossing the Red Hill MRT to go to my church, you know. And it was this really blazing hot sun out there. And I remember there and then it was such a special moment between me and God because when I sent that SMS, I felt the Lord smiling upon me. I felt this like, yes, son, you've got it. You've got it. You know, you've done it. I'm proud of you. And I love you. I really, really love you. And when I sent him, it doesn't matter what he replies really because my act was done. My act was done. And I sent him a text. And and he had two numbers because I, I don't know why he has two numbers, but he always has two numbers. So I had to send two messages over. So I don't know which one is still active. So I remember... Uh, the message immediately came back. There was a reply. And I was like, oh no, got a reply. What am I going to say? Well, what am I going to see? So when I took it out, sorry, wrong number. <laughs> you know how anti-climax that is? <laughs> so in my head, I'm thinking, okay, it's either my dad really doesn't use this number anymore or he refuses to acknowledge me. And so I went into melancholy again, you know. So after I finished crossing the road, I'm like, hey, God, you got to be kidding me, right? Wrong number? Seriously? And I had to surrender to God again. But then later in the evening, my dad replied back. He said, Sure, we'd we'll love to. And so we met up. We met up. We met up. We reconciled. And I said, Dad, this Din Fong treat is on me. Who's the one who is offended? Me. Or what did I do? I reconciled. Dad, this Din Fong is on me. And we talked about all the misunderstandings that have happened in the last 15 years. Oh, it was a breakthrough conversation. Breakthrough conversation. For my wedding, I eventually invited him. I gave him the place of honour. I ting cha to him. I, I, I gave him the seat at the front row of, of, uh, of, of the church wedding. I gave him a seat on the VIP table in my, church, uh, in my wedding dinner. He didn't turn up. Okay? He played me out last minute. I will forgive him for that. Okay? But, but, but in my heart, I was ready to honour him. Ready to honour him. I dealt with that. I fully understood what he owed me. I cancelled it. And not just that, but I went to reconcile with him. Reconcile with him. I think it's tough for me la. I'm not sure about what you face now, but that was like the perennial struggle I had in my life. It was a life struggle for me. But let me tell you, when I did that, nothing beats that sensation, right, of knowing the whole heavens just smiling at you when you send that text. And when I paid for the bill in Tintai Phong, I was like, oh yeah, second smile coming, you know there was a peace and I knew that my Heavenly Father is pleased with me. Bitterness can kill us. Bitterness can really kill us. The problem with us is that we go into step two without doing step one. We just want to cancel the debt. Oh, sorry. We just want to, yeah, we just want to cancel the debt and we, we don't understand what is owed to us. We experience backflow. When we go into step Two, before we go into step one, we are forgiving from our mind, not from our heart. Because if we understand step one, then it's really about forgiving from our hearts. If you don't forgive from your heart, you will not be able to understand and experience God's forgiveness for you. You know, all this thing is linked to what Jesus has already preached in chapter 6, Matthew. He says, And forgive our debts, as we also forgive our debtors and forgive our debts. He says it again, two verses down. As we also have forgiven our debtors, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I believe this is a deep, deep forgiveness. It's a forgiveness that will never ever shake you anymore. You know, sometimes when we forgive someone, we still feel very insecure about it. Like, oh, I don't know whether we are really at peace or not, but when you really forgive someone from your heart, you walk with peace, you walk with security, you walk with happiness, you walk with holiness because your Heavenly Father is pleased with you. The question then I'll ask is, why must we forgive? Why must we forgive? Are you okay so far on the three steps? You fully understand it, you cancel it, and then you reconcile reconcile. Why must we forgive? You see, all of us here have three common denominators. Number one, everybody needs forgiveness. All of us here need forgiveness. The fact that you are a sinner, you need Jesus Christ to forgive you. Because if Jesus Christ doesn't forgive you or if you don't receive forgiveness from Jesus Christ, your access to God is truncated, is chopped off. You cannot be with God. Everybody here needs Forgiveness. That's the first common denominator. The second common denominator is, "Nobody deserves forgiveness." What have you done to actually get Jesus' attention to forgive you? What have we done? What's the famous verse that everybody uses when we want to uh, be forgiven? First John 1: nine. They all know First John One nine? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and He will forgive our sins and cleanse us, of, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you all know that verse? Do you all claim that verse every time you all want to be forgiven? If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just, He will forgive you of all your sins. Do you know who He is faithful to? He is faithful and just to who? To you? Because if He is faithful and just to you, you will be struck dead. <laughs> If He's faithful and just to you, you sinner, me sinner, if He is just, and God is a just God, He knows right from wrong, if He is just to me, I should be struck dead long time ago. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to Jesus Christ. And because He is faithful and just to Jesus Christ, to what Jesus has done on the cross for you and me, therefore, our sins are forgiven and our unrighteousness are it's cleansed out. Are you following so far? He's faithful and just to Jesus Christ. We don't deserve forgiveness. We need forgiveness, but we don't deserve forgiveness. And the third common denominator that we have is something that I already told you. You have the power to forgive. You also have the power not to forgive. So what will you do today? Will you forgive? Or will you not forgive? You see, for Jesus... He understood the debt. He fully understood the debt. He knew how painful it would be for him to take on the weight of the world. He knew how crazy the cross is going to be. He knew how torturous the crucifixion was going to be. He understood it. And when he understood it, he went to cancel it. And then after that, he reconciled us to the Father. I'd like to invite the musicians up. I'm going to spend some time prayer in prayer. I want to tell you a story before we get to praying. And this is something that uh, has happened very recently. You know, I, when I was younger, because of all the father issues, you know, I blame my father, right? I was a very naughty boy. Very, very naughty boy. And I got involved in many relationships. And um, there was one particular relationship that I got involved in. Uh, we got back together again. So she is my ex-ex-girlfriend. Okay, so we got together once. We broke up. Then we got together again. Then we broke up. Okay? It was a very terrible thing. She is a church leader. I'm a church leader. And so it was a high-profile breakup. Very detrimental, alright? And this, because, I, I don't know why, but the girls always seem to give in. So she wanted to change church. Yeah? so what happened is that um, it's crazy God has a sense of humour she married my best friend she married my best friend this is the best friend that brought me to church this is the best friend that saw me grow up she married my best friend I mean it's crazy isn't it God has a sense of humour huh? and I became my best friend's best man and so at their wedding At their wedding, the ex-ex-boyfriend was the best man of the groom, giving a thank you speech or giving a best man speech in front of the family. Do you think that's awkward? Oh yeah, it was awkward. It was very awkward. So, I mean, when I was the best man, it was a very strange experience, you know. Very strange experience. In my heart, it's like, oh man, I know something's wrong between us and like... Oh, we, we've got to get this sorted out. But on the other hand, oh man, you know, bro, I love you. I want to do this for you. But every time I want to do something for the wife, it's very awkward, you know. And I remember at the buffet dinner, I needed to serve something uh, to the wife's family. Oh, yo! Super awkward. Super awkward. <laughs> Auntie, here's the food for you. Super awkward. My ex-ex-girlfriend married my best friend who i was the best man of at his wedding you know what's more awesome god has a real sense of humor do you know who planned my wife's hen's night hen's night is like you know buck's night is like all your single or all your brothers celebrate your last day or last week of singleness so for the girls, that's the equivalent, all right? So all the girls will come together to celebrate her last few hours of being a single lady. You know who organised it for her? Yep. this ex ex-girlfriend. And do you know, after the whole wedding, when we were back from our trip, I started texting her. And I was like, wow, do you not see the grace of God in our lives? And she was saying to her best friend, my best friend, she was saying to her husband who when we met up for lunch, told me about what I said to her. So it's like, because we're all so close, right? So it's crazy. It's really crazy. And we were just thanking God for His faithfulness in our lives. I believe that this will never happen to anywhere except the church. Because we are in church and time will heal. If I can reconcile with my ex-ex-girlfriend who married my best friend and organised a hands-night for my wife. I think anything is possible. Isn't it true? Anything is possible. Come on. So I want to tell you, young people, you are privileged. You are in a place where forgiveness is like the currency of church. Do you know what's the hallmark of Christianity? It's forgiveness. Do you know what's the best way to actually preach to someone about Jesus, just need to forgive them. If somebody has offended you in school, forgive them. That's the best way to evangelise. Don't have to do what? force spiritual laws, that bridge to life, don't need. Just can forgive people. You are most like Jesus when you forgive. So young people, Today, I want to give you an opportunity to practice the three steps. I'd like all of you to close your eyes, bow your heads. I am more than twice the age of some of you. I've had more years of being hurt by people and hurting other people as well in your tender age I don't know who has hurt you I don't know what words were said to you that has taken something away from you that has caused you to be bitter in your life, that has caused you to have that spirit of unforgiveness very unbiblical unchrist like attitude of unforgiveness right now I'm going to pray, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to show you what it means to understand the debt that's owed to you. So as the Spirit brings to mind some things that were said to you, maybe some of you will start tearing. Maybe some of you will start getting angry. It's okay. It's okay. It's all part of understanding the debt. So Lord, right now, we want to pray O God that your Holy Spirit will bring to our minds very gently, very gently the things that were taken away from us. The things that we could never ever get back again even if we turn back time. Lord, I pray, I pray, O God, that your Holy Spirit will be gentle. Oh Lord, will you be gentle. Father, as we open this can of worms, Father, we know that it is within your grace that we are opening it. So, Heavenly Father, would you just massage our hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. some of us here have big debts some of us here have small debts a debt is a debt and it needs to be cancelled it needs to be cancelled so today if you are ready let me tell you you are ready Because once once there is Unforgiveness in our hearts There is no better time Than now To deal with the unforgiveness You don't have to wait Until next week You don't have to wait Until you are like Feeling on cloud nine And then you come And unforgive Or you come and forgive people No The best time to forgive Is now The best time to cancel Is now So if the Holy Spirit Has brought to you Certain debts in your mind And you want to cancel it I want to give you An opportunity to cancel it I want to pray with you And I want to give Your leaders an opportunity To pray with you So if you'd like to cancel some debts today, I'd like you to quickly rise to your feet, come to the front as as a prophetic act. God, today, this is it. I'm going to have my cancellation of debts today. this moment this hour is precious because this if you cancel it your life with God goes on another level you will sense that smile that I sensed I'll make one more call is there anyone else here who desires to cancel the debt you do quickly stand to your feet come to the front And then we'll start praying together. Hallelujah.